Chapter Seven of the Ghost Girl by Henry Kitchell Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven The Face Under the Paint. I went back with Jeffrey to the studio after lunch, although I was uneasily conscious that my office chair was yawning for me. Jeffrey's affairs are always so much more interesting than my own that there isn't as much generosity and self-sacrifice as he credits me with in my ready devotion to his. We found Richards, the police lieutenant, waiting for us. "'I'm sorry to have kept you,' said Jeffrey, "'but I found I needed a square meal.' "'Oh, I don't mind waiting,' Richards assured him but you missed a collar a collar said geoffrey he and i exchanged a glance crow i whispered under my breath he didn't leave his name said richards he's the rug man oh said geoffrey indifferently did he wait long no said the lieutenant he examined the rug rather carefully and said he'd let you know about it in the morning which rug was it i asked the one over there by the door that's the right one isn't it the lieutenant asked the last question of geoffrey oh yes said geoffrey he knew which one it was right enough do you remember what he looked like why said the lieutenant he was a pretty tall good-looking dark oh you needn't describe him geoffrey interrupted just remember him you may meet him again some time the lieutenant laughed what is he one of your what do you call them latent criminals i don't know said geoffrey but it will do you no harm to remember what he looked like we ensconced Richards in the big chair and provided him with a big cigar. Geoffrey went over to his paint table and began an elaborate pretense of setting it to rights. Well, he asked, any luck with my little affair? Are you going to be able to get that portrait back for me? The lieutenant unctuously licked the wrapper of his cigar and favored it with the caressing gaze of a connoisseur before he answered he was in very good humour with himself i have got it he said already i cried the lieutenant had the right guess this morning said geoffrey i suspected as much but you couldn't figure out what the guess was said richards then he turned to me i don't mind admitting mr drew that this young fellow has pulled some long shots in the crime detecting business that the front office has never been able to understand you saw one of them yourself and they tell me you wrote a book about it but when it comes right down to cases an old professional thief-catcher like me has got a few tricks of his own mr jeffrey here might have worked his game whatever it is i don't pretend to understand it for five years and he wouldn't have found it but he came to me and i put my hand on it in fifteen minutes oh you will see for yourself he went on 
for both of us showed the surprise we felt at his announcement they'll bring it up in the wagon it'll be here any time now but the next time mr drew that you write a detective story you might give the police a little credit it was near eleven o'clock when mr jeffrey made his complaint he pulled out a big gold watch in a hunting case and looked at it impressively his picture'll be back here before two that's three hours mr jeffrey never worked any quicker than that himself and as i told you he wouldn't have got it back himself in five years oh come said jeffrey there aren't as many fences as that in town i shouldn't have known the right one to go to first but i know something about them besides i could probably have advertised a reward and got it eventually you could have advertised said the lieutenant until you were black in the face and you could have gone to every fence in new york city if you knew where they were which you don't and at that you would never have found it all right said jeffrey you've got me i'd like to know how you did it well said richards you've made me ask that question a good many times and turnabout is fair play this is the way i figured it out to begin with pictures don't get stolen frames do sometimes and if there's a picture in the frame it may go along too but this picture wasn't in a frame it seems to me said jeffrey i remember hearing about a picture called the mona lisa in paris that was stolen and then there was that gainsborough that pinkerton got back oh sure that kind of pictures said the lieutenant impatiently pictures out of galleries what i mean is the kind of pictures you paint jeffrey laughed i appreciate the distinction he said go ahead there'd be no use taking such a thing the lieutenant went on because it wouldn't be possible to dispose of it no regular fence would know what to do with it if a man had stolen it the only thing for him to do would be to get into communication with you and try to make you ransom it and what should you pay to ransom it for when you can paint another geoffrey concealed his grin this time and he asked demurely enough then the next step in your reasoning would be i should think that since pictures of this sort are never stolen it follows that mine wasn't exactly said the lieutenant that's the way i figured it out it wasn't stolen at all it was borrowed we both exclaimed at that borrowed repeated the lieutenant impressively the borrower hasn't been in any hurry to return it said jeffrey with a laugh he meant to return it said the lieutenant but he couldn't return it jeffrey looked around with a quick frown of interest i've been expecting to catch up with you every minute he said but i'm as far behind you as ever how did you settle in your mind who this borrower had been you gave me the clue to that said richards you told me you had painted the portrait from a photograph of a lady who was dead do you remember that i asked you how much they were going to pay you for it you thought the question was none of my business and you only gave me a general idea of the amount but it was enough to go on and then you said that as soon as you finished it you went away on a three months vacation 
do you mean to say asked jeffrey that the amount i had been paid for painting the picture helped to guide you to the discovery of the borrower of it it's like this said richards anybody who would pay as many thousands as that for a portrait of a person who is dead must have a good deal of interest in that person and must have a lot of money left for other purposes now anybody with lots of money and with exceptional interest in a person recently dead is particularly good game for one sort of crook that crook is the spiritualist you haven't been in the city in the last few months if you had and had kept up your interest in the doings of the police you would have known there was a crusade on against the spiritualists there are a number of very clever ones in the city and they have pulled off some pretty big hauls when they picked old man martin clean and left his heirs holding the bag they went a little too far and we got after them it's wonderful how much they know how carefully they watch people that's the whole thing in their game of course they're prepared to take advantage of any opportunity that comes along the lieutenant got up walked across the studio and threw open the door into the reception room i thought i'd see if your jap boy had come back he said come back said jeffrey he shouldn't have gone out he ought to be here now he slipped away just after he let me in said richards and i've an idea you won't see him again unless you want him for something and in that case you'll have to come to us to find him for you he's just the sort those people try to get hold of they can pick up lots of interesting things japs always love to be spies and they have exceptional facilities for it because people talk before them as they wouldn't before anyone of their own sort well said jeffrey that's one on me i've talked before him myself as if he'd been a plaster image goodness knows what he may not have found out about me but i'm beginning to get the idea i think my jap tips it off to some spiritualist that i am painting the portrait of a young lady who died a short time ago that the person who commissioned me to paint it is wealthy and then by a lucky coincidence that i was closing my studio and going off for a vacation the spiritualist pays for the tip comes up and borrows the portrait with the idea of getting it safely back in place before my return but before he gets through with it his place is raided and the portrait seized that's the chain of reasoning isn't it the lieutenant nodded and when you thought it out as far as that jeffrey went on you went up into some sort of lumber room up there at police headquarters and hauled it out from a heap of other junk you'd confiscated when you raided their place right you are said the lieutenant it's even possible jeffrey went on that you remembered that that very picture had been brought in what if i did said richards i had to figure it out that that picture might be yours didn't i yes said jeffrey and it's a good job i still don't see it said i what the spiritualist wanted to borrow the portrait for why to make up a ringer from of course said the lieutenant don't you see 
said jeffrey with that picture to work from they'd be able to produce a materialization that would be mighty effective they get pretty good ones from just hearsay reports of what people looked like but with a portrait that showed the color of the hair and eyes and the type of complexion that even reproduced in some detail a dress that had belonged to her he broke off short and stood staring at us for a minute then without another word he rushed over to a big wardrobe and began pulling out its contents they were very miscellaneous all sorts of costumes dresses bits of drapery old shawls one at a time he flung them out into a heap on the floor it was a simple but efficacious way of looking for something and to as unmethodical a man as jeffrey the only one well he said at last turning to face us when the wardrobe stood empty they must have got that too they gave me the girl's own dress to paint the portrait from he went on i posed a model in it for the figure they evidently took that too by jove that's almost as awkward as the loss of the picture oh well said richards i can probably get it back for you you will have to come down to headquarters and identify it but it's undoubtedly there with the rest of the junk but you can see how slick the game is he went on with the gown itself and the portrait to make up from they could have made the old lady think she was seeing ghosts all right once they got their hooks into her jeffrey paled a little and spoke to me with an uncertain little laugh more ghosts he said it's queer the way it all fits in isn't it drew i nodded for my own sake as well as jeffrey's i was glad we had that earring the one solitary material assurance we possessed that we weren't dreaming or worse for no mind not even a solid prosaic mind like my own can resist a series of coincidences for very long the notion that this portrait of the ghost girl that had so mysteriously disappeared had been found again in the parlours of a spiritualist gave me a queer sense of discomfort the lieutenant was looking from jeffrey's face to mine in a puzzled interested sort of way more ghosts he questioned what do you mean by that have you been seeing them you too neither of us had an answer ready for him and before we could think of one there came a ring at the bell that's possibly the portrait now said jeffrey he had guessed right for there in the doorway stood a big policeman carrying in his arms what was evidently a big canvas wrapped in brown wrapping paper i told them to do it up carefully said the lieutenant after i heard the price they were going to pay for it i began to see things different i didn't think it was anything so very much when they brought it in jeffrey laughed you're very much like everybody else when it comes to art criticism they all want to see the price on the back before they know whether to get enthusiastic or not well said the lieutenant when i went back this morning and took another good look at it i could see that it might be something pretty good under his directions the policeman brought the canvas in and leaned it against the wall that's all he said the policeman saluted and turned to go 
i heard the clink of a coin as jeffrey slipped his hand into his pocket and followed him out of the door now he said as he returned a moment later now for a look he carried the canvas still in its wrappings of paper over to his big studio easel and set it up then carefully and eagerly he began cutting the strings that held the paper in place then with a single motion he stripped the paper away and stepped back to get the full effect he looked at the thing at first with a stare of simple incomprehension then his face turned red and with a snort of anger he wheeled round on the lieutenant what sort of a fool joke is this he demanded for my own part astonishment held me for a moment just as it had held geoffrey and then i burst into a shout of uncontrollable laughter for of all the ridiculous daubs that ever disgraced a canvas this particular atrocity was certainly the worst you have probably seen in the show window of a department store a painter turning out genuine oil paintings at the rate of four or five an hour to be given away to the store's patrons with every five dollars worth of purchases well this oil painting looked a good deal like that only it was much bigger and very much worse isn't it yours asked richards mine shouted geoffrey no i should say it was not mine all right said the lieutenant all right i don't see anything to get sore about it was there and it corresponded to the description corresponded geoffrey looked at him blankly for a second then looked back at the canvas and then he too began to laugh you're quite right richards he said when he got his breath you're quite right it does correspond to the description it's a blonde girl at least she's meant for a girl and that yellow swab stands for blonde hair and that ghastly mess of white paint may have been meant for a white satin gown geoffrey got his breath with difficulty it's all right he assured the lieutenant you did your best and it was very clever of you really oh laugh laugh said the lieutenant go on don't mind me for geoffrey was overcome at this point by a fresh paroxysm you didn't think much of it when you first saw it he gasped but when you had another good look you saw that it might be pretty good they all look alike to me said richards and i thought if some nut would pay six thousand dollars for it there must be something there drew said geoffrey hand the lieutenant a fresh cigar and get him a drink we'll all have a drink he said to the brilliant future of the painter and to the long life of his subject the lieutenant began to get his good humour back again he smiled rather ruefully well my boy he said i'm glad you didn't paint it that's the truth because i was thinking that if you got six thousand dollars for a thing like that you painters must be almost as ripe for a raid as the spiritualists he settled back comfortably with his fresh cigar and began rolling the joke around in his capacious head he was enjoying it more and more every minute 
geoffrey on the contrary seemed suddenly sober he paid no attention whatever to the lieutenant's jokes but stood in front of that atrocious canvas his hands deep in his trousers pockets his head sunk forward on his shoulders staring at it in a thoughtful abstraction coming to see something in it at last yourself are you said the lieutenant yes said geoffrey seriously i am he lifted the stretcher from the easel turned it around and looked at the back of it rubbed his fingers over the canvas then replaced it on the easel and stared at it a little longer then with a sudden air of decision he went over to his paint table and came back with a big tin pot of unpleasant-looking blackish-green salve in another minute with the aid of a palette-knife he was rapidly smearing this stuff all over the surface of the canvas hold on said richards that thing may not be much good but it's somebody's darling i can't let you spoil it the hand that held the palette-knife went on all the faster don't you worry said geoffrey i'm not spoiling it i'm increasing its value about twenty thousand per cent there was a ring of excitement in his voice that i couldn't account for but whenever geoffrey spoke in that particular tone i stopped trying to interfere with him he knew what he was about when he talked like that richards still looked uneasy don't you worry said i i don't know what he's doing but he does in another minute the canvas was completely covered with a thick greasy blackish-green smear geoffrey dropped the pot on the floor in his eagerness and fairly ran out of the studio into a little bathing and dressing-room that was partitioned off in the corner he may have improved it said richards dubiously but i doubt if the man who painted it would think so the next minute geoffrey came back with a bucket of water and a big bath sponge now you'll see he said he dipped the sponge in the water and began washing off the stuff he had just put on it seemed to be taking the paint with it and then i got a clue as his sponge swept over the horrible pink daub that had been a hand another hand appeared under it an exquisite slender hand painted as only geoffrey himself can paint them the next stroke carried away a whole section of white paint and underneath it showed the shimmer of satin in long broken folds well i'll be damned said richards the real picture's underneath you've solved the mystery said geoffrey excitedly it is he hadn't got to the face yet he seemed to be leaving that to the last but already we could see in the simple grace of the folds the beautiful painting of the figure the exquisite tones of the background that the picture was one of extraordinary beauty let's see the face man said richards let's see the face in a minute said geoffrey faster and faster flew the big sponge and more and more of the disfiguring paint that disguised it came away 
leaving the original picture under its protecting coat of heavy varnish intact now said geoffrey and with the last stroke of his great sponge he wiped the pink and yellow daubs away from the face and hands there she is he said at last what do you think of her he wrung out his sponge tossed it away and began wiping his hands on a bath towel before he became aware of the tense silence of the sudden mystery that was holding richards and me spellbound we stared at that face and from it back into each other's and then at the face again well said geoffrey what's the matter with you fellows speak up was the person who paid six thousand dollars for it such a nut after all richards but the question passed unheeded the lieutenant's face was grey but his eyes were shining with excitement for myself i was trembling all over and i found it hard to speak steadily you recognize it don't you i asked in a low tone it's the face not a doubt about it in the world he said it's the face i couldn't forget it in a thousand years i saw it you know just after they found it what do you mean said geoffrey what are you talking about that said richards that's the girl they found frozen in the ice the girl nobody's been able to identify End of chapter 7